Thank you for listening to messages from Avondale Baptist Church and Pastor Jack Marslinder. This message is from the series Jesus in the Gospel of Luke and was preached on March 20th, 2022. Today's reading from Luke chapter 5 tells one of the most commonly told stories of Jesus everywhere. It's the story of Jesus calling the four fishermen, Peter and Andrew and James and John, to follow him. If you've been in Sunday school over the years, you know it's in in almost every preschool series, every children's series, every youth series, every adult series of Sunday school, because it's a story that speaks to us. One of my favorite Christian songs, and I don't know if you know this song or not, I'm not going to sing it, I'm going to quote it, Um, but one of my favorite Christian songs. Christian songs tells the story, and almost every time I hear it, it tears up. It goes like this. Nobody stood and applauded them, so they knew from the start this road would not lead to fame. All they really knew for sure was Jesus had called to them. He said, come follow me, and they came. With reckless abandon, they came. Empty nets lying there at the water's edge told a story that few could believe and none could explain. How some crazy fishermen agreed to go where Jesus went with no thought for what they would gain. For Jesus had called them by name and they answered, We will abandon it all for the sake of the call. No other reason at all but the sake of the call wholly devoted to live and to die for the sake of the call. Those are words from The Sake of the Call by Stephen Curtis Chapman. And the song tells the story of Jesus calling four men, Peter, Andrew, James, and John, to be his disciples. I want you to know the story. You probably do. But I want you to think about it again because it will help you hear the call of Jesus. I'm praying that some of you will experience that call today and that you will answer it. The call for you might be to become a believer in Jesus. The call may be for you to become a preacher or a missionary or a church leader or a ministry leader, but definitely a disciple because Jesus still calls people to follow him and people still answer today. And I want those people to be us. So let's read the story in Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Let's all stand together as we read this story. Luke 5, one day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, better known probably as the Sea of Galilee, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, 
Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch fish for people. You will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. You may be seated. And I want us to kind of talk through this story because I want you to really understand it for it clarifies a reality that I want all of us to know. Jesus is in the business of calling people to follow him. He's not just an idea or a mentality or a faith or a doctrine. He's a very real son of God who calls people to follow him. And I believe he's calling some of you today, maybe all of us today. And so I want us to understand the story and we're going to start by looking at the characters themselves because these four fishermen will reoccur numerous times in the Gospel of Luke as we study it. And I want you to know the characters. So let's start with Simon Peter. And by the way, this picture is one of my favorite portrayals of Simon Peter. It's from the movie, The Jesus Film. And you can watch the entirety of The Jesus Film, and I highly encourage it on YouTube at no cost. It's about a two-hour movie that really gives kind of the, the overall life of, of Jesus. More people have seen that film in more languages than any other film anywhere because it's used by missionaries all around the world. And so I encourage you to see that. This is the portrayal of Simon Peter. Um, understand that he had already met Jesus. He had been introduced to Jesus by Andrew Peter, by nature, was bold and unafraid, sometimes to his credit and sometimes to his discredit when he opened his mouth and said things that would have been better left unsaid. But he had amazing leadership abilities that led him to lead the early church. On this day, he's just a fisherman, but he would become one of the great men in history. One of the others, not mentioned by Luke, but mentioned by Matthew and Mark, is Andrew. And Andrew was first a disciple of John the Baptist. And so most likely he was present at Jesus' baptism. He was Simon Peter's brother. And he became the first, though he didn't say a lot. He wasn't quoted a lot. He was the first of the disciples to call Jesus the Messiah. James, one of the four fishermen, was a son of Zebedee and a brother to John. James had a temper. He was known as a son of thunder because when he lost his cool, it was extremely loud. Some of you may be familiar with that temperament. He was part of Jesus's inner circle. Jesus spent a lot of time with three disciples, Peter, James, and John, training them to lead the church James was also the first of the 12 disciples um, other than Judas to die when he was beheaded by King Herod. And then the fourth was John. He was probably the youngest, most likely only a teenager at this time. And he also lived the longest, probably well into his 90s. 
He became very close to Jesus. As a matter of fact, in the Gospel of John, he is called the disciple whom Jesus loved. And he ended up writing five books of the Bible. Now think about that. He was just a fisherman was his training. But he wrote five books of the Bible, including the Gospel of John, which is the most read book in history. And he also wrote the book, The Revelation, that has puzzled and challenged more of us than any other book in history. So I kind of take you through the characters because I want you to understand that these men were ordinary working men. They weren't rich or famous. They lived in a small town in a nation that was unimportant, almost unknown in the eyes of the world, kind of on the fringes of the Roman Empire. And so I tell you all that because I want you to understand that if you are ordinary with no highly unusual skills beyond your own job, you are the type of person that God calls and God uses. You may be unimportant in the eyes of the world, but you're not unimportant to Jesus because you'll see throughout his ministry, Jesus specialized in loving, calling teaching, leading, guiding, helping, healing everyday ordinary people and then using them as part of his work. So I want you to understand the call because from our perspective, Peter, James, John, and Andrew were incredible great men of history, but on this day when Jesus called, they were everyday ordinary people like members of Avondale Baptist Church. And so those are the characters. Now I want you to look at the catch of fish itself. And listen, I hope you can understand Peter's reluctance to go out and fish when Jesus told him to. They had fished all night and they had caught nothing. They had brought in their boats. They were cleaning their nets, undoubtedly going to listen to Jesus for a little bit and then head off to sleep for getting ready for the next night. And the chances of catching fish here, right by a shore where a crowd of people were making a lot of noise, the chances of catching any fish right then and there was near zero. So you got to give Peter some credit for his obedience because I'm sure he was thinking something like this. Jesus, I'm a fisherman. It's my trade. That's what I do. You're a carpenter. What do you know about fish? But because you told me, I will obey. And so he went out a little farther out into the lake and he let down his nets and they caught so many fish that their boat and the boat of James and John was sinking, a truly miraculous catch of fish. And so Peter now has the best fish story in world history, only unlike most fish stories, this one was absolutely true. And that led Peter to his confession. And that confession shows the character of Peter. Others would have bragged about the catch as if they had something to do with it. Peter instead immediately recognized this was an act of God. This was something Jesus did. And so he said, go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. Now, I want you to note the, the two parts of this confession. 
Go away from me, Lord. Part one, he recognized there's something highly different about Jesus. This was a miracle of God. I don't know how Jesus did it. He was thinking, I don't know how this thing works, but there's a huge gulf, a bridge between me, an ordinary man, and Jesus. And so his initial reaction was just, go away from me. I'm not, I'm not worthy to be in your presence. He may not have recognized yet that Jesus was the one and only Son of God. That would come in a later confession for him. But he recognized that this was no ordinary man, and he called him Lord. And that led him to the second part of his confession. I am a sinful man. And listen, I want you to understand the two go together. Because when we see Jesus as he is, it will also reveal to us who we are. When we see his holiness and his perfection and his glory, and then we look at ourselves, our sins, our imperfections, our issues, our challenges, our shortcomings become very clear to us. In the world, it can be hid a little bit because, you know what, we're pretty much like everybody else. But when we compare ourselves to Jesus, then we should come to the same conclusion Peter did. I am a sinful man. And this occurred throughout the Bible, by the way. Do you remember Isaiah's vision of God seated on his throne? Isaiah 6 tells the chapter of Isaiah getting a vision of God seated on his throne with, with, with God's creatures all around and praising God. And Isaiah cried out, Woe to me! I am ruined. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King. Now listen, seeing yourself as you really are is painful. It's convicting. It's shaming. I don't like it. But it's happened to me, and I hope and pray it's happened to you. Because part of the Part of the, 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 the process of becoming a believer, part of the conversion process is you recognize that Jesus is the Son of God and then you take a look at yourself and you see yourself as you really are. And I hope you have come to the same conclusion Peter did. I am a sinful man. And I hope you regularly come to that conclusion. For I am a sinful man is necessary for our salvation. It's also necessary for our growth. For as we grow and become more holy and become more like Jesus, we recognize an even more who Jesus really is and how powerful and glorious and holy and loving he really is. And we recognize there's a huge gulf between who he is and who I am. And we need that. Or we grow prideful and arrogant. And pride and arrogance are absolute enemies to spiritual growth. Those who proclaim their own goodness or holiness or spirituality 
will never grow another inch. And so as painful as it is, I hope that it happens to you sometimes in church or at home when you're studying the Word or or when you're praying that you come to this conclusion, this confession. I am a sinful man. I am not worthy of you. I don't know why you loved me, but you did, and you do. And so I, I hope and pray, as convicting as that is, that it's something regularly that happens to you. Jesus is here. I'm way down here. And the, the more I've grown, the more I just recognize Jesus is even farther than I thought he was. It's one of the best things you can say to God and a good way to start. I am a sinful man. And then when Peter recognized this, then we can see the call. Matthew and Mark quote Jesus as saying, come follow me. Luke just records Jesus here saying, don't be afraid. But all four recognized that they had come to a moment of decision. Peter, James, Andrew, John, you can stay here with your boats and live a respectable life. Or you can come and follow me. They didn't know at the time what all this meant. They could assume what they knew. All they knew was that Jesus was traveling from place to place, teaching and performing miracles. And that sounds really cool. I would like to do that. I would love to have been one of the 12 that traveled with Jesus and got to hear him preach every day. They were amazed and impressed at Jesus, and they had to assume everybody else would be as well. But they didn't yet have a clue about the hatred the threats, or the crucifixion. They had no clue at this point that they would be required to put their lives on the line. And three of these men, Peter, Andrew, and James, ended up being martyrs, giving up their lives for the faith. And John, the fourth one, was exiled. So Jesus didn't tell them everything. He never does. He's calling you today to follow him. He's not giving you your your future. He's just saying, don't be afraid, for I will be with you. Come, follow me. And that was the call given to the four fishermen. And it's a reminder to us that regularly through our lives, we all face a time of decision, a time to say yes or no to God. And since this is a fishing story, I'll use the old fishing line as time to fish or cut bait. Have you heard that one before? I mean, there's a time to prepare. You're cutting bait, you're getting the hooks, you're getting the line, you got all your tackle, you're, you're, you're ready to go. But at some point, you got to stop doing that and either throw in your line or throw out the net and start fishing. And this was a time of decision for them. Come follow me. You know enough about me now to know who I am and what I preach, and you've seen some miracles including one done right here in front of your eyes in your own profession as a fisherman. Come follow me. And to their credit, all four of them said yes. 
Now, you can think back over your life, and, and I hope your story is like mine. I've experienced many calls from Jesus. At age nine, Jesus called me to believe and be baptized. As a young teenager, I knew Jesus was calling me again. I knew more, and my decision from age nine needed to be deepened. At age 15, God called me to preach. I really don't know how I knew that. I just knew that God was calling me to preach. 1986, God called me to pastor a church in the middle of nowhere. Mojave Valley, Arizona still does not appear anywhere on the official Arizona state map, though it's a place, I'll tell you, because God called me to pastor there. And again, sometimes you don't know how God was calling you. These people had called me. They wanted to interview me. They invited me to come out to the church. And before I got to the church, as I was driving into Mojave Valley, I thought, no city limit, no real signs, but as I was driving into Mojave Valley, I had not yet seen the church, had not yet met the people. Somehow I knew this is where God wants me. And when Mr. Stewart, Jim Stewart back there called me and said, I'd like to talk to you about coming to pastor what is now Avondale Baptist Church. And I got here. Somehow I just knew this is where God wanted me to pastor and to serve him. Listen, God still calls people. And here's what I'm telling you today. All of you, you wouldn't be here if it weren't true. God has a call on your life. Have you said yes? And I want you to think about that. Because the call might be to salvation today. The call might be to deepening your commitment to him today. The call might be God's been leading you to do something, to take a position, to start leading, to start serving, maybe to be preaching, maybe to be an overseas missionary. Have you said yes to God's call? At each step, and some of them took me a while, I had to say yes, and I'm challenging you to say yes to Jesus today. Now, finally, I want you to see the commission. Peter, James, John, Andrew, Avondale Baptist Church. He said, I want you to hang up your nets and stop trying to catch fish. You have a bigger job. Catch people. Go call men and women to follow me. And that is still our commission. It wasn't just for the original 12. It's for all disciples. Our job, our task, our commission, our priority, our calling is to preach, teach, proclaim, share, witness, testify, demonstrate, and show people who Jesus is and what it means to follow him. We are called to make disciples of Jesus. That means we take Jesus to our spouses, to our siblings, to our children, to our grandchildren, to our neighbors, to our friends, to our allies, to our enemies, to those who speak our language, to those who do not, to those who live in the United States of America, to those who live overseas. It's to all people. 
And when the church gets sidetracked from that calling, when you get sidetracked from that calling, we're weakened. And we need to remind ourselves regularly that our calling as a church is not primarily to lobby for laws or candidates. Our calling is not tied to any one political party or any one race or any one culture or even to any one nation. Our calling is to be both vocal and visual representations of Jesus Christ in an attempt to make disciples. And so from now on, Peter, James, John, Andrew, Avondale Baptist Church, your call, your task, your commission, your job is to make disciples of Jesus Christ. That, that's who we are. Now, that's the story of the calling of the four fishermen, Peter, James, Andrew, and John. What's your story? I, I want to lead you in three things today. I want to ask you to do three things. And the first is, I want you to make your own confession. You're in front of Jesus. What would you say? What Peter said, and this is a great way for you to start, I am a sinful man. Admitting that on a regular basis will keep you from becoming arrogant and prideful, which will stop your spiritual growth. Once you begin to think I'm there, there is as good as you will ever get. And so I am a sinful man is a good way for you to start your confession to God today when we pray. Later, Peter will add to that his next great confession. You are the Christ, the son of the living God, and I hope you are there as well. But I'm going to ask you in our time of prayer to make your own confession to God. Start with your own prayer. And if you don't know where to start, that's a good place to start. God, I admit it. I am a sinful man. That's why I know I need you. Because I'm a sinful man. I'm a sinful woman. Now secondly, a little different than that, I'm going to ask you to choose your title. What do you call yourself? These four fishermen became disciples. What do you call yourself? Are, are, are you a church attender? It's a good thing. Are you a church member? That's a good thing. Are you a believer? That's a good thing. Are you a disciple? That's the best thing. What do you call yourself? Because what you call yourself and how you see yourself says a lot about you. On the scale that goes from uninterested to skeptical to attender, to member and believer, to disciple of Jesus. What title do you choose for yourself? I'm calling you, and I believe Jesus is calling you to be a disciple, both a believer in and a follower of. Come follow me, he's saying. And then number three, obviously, answer the call. Jesus is calling you to something today, or you wouldn't be in church. It might be to make that step of faith and say, 
yes, I'm going to put my faith and trust in Jesus. It might be the next step, calling you to make it public. Go ahead. Be baptized. Make your stand as a public believer in Jesus Christ. Join a church. It might be the call. You're attending. Become a member. Say, this is where you will serve Jesus. This is a part of your faith where you will grow and serve and learn. It may be the call to to deepen your faith. The call I told you that I had as a teenager. I had accepted Christ at a very young age, age nine. And as I grew, I learned there's more to it than just going to church and being baptized. And so he led me to a deeper commitment. And he's done that numerous times in my life. It may be that God is calling you specifically to be a preacher, to be a teacher, to be a missionary, to be a leader in the church, to accept a position that you put off, to begin to work for Jesus. Because I believe God is calling you today. And I prayed about this. God told me to be very specific, I think. Just look people in the eye and say, I believe God is calling you. Will you answer him? Thank you for listening to messages from Avondale Baptist Church and Pastor Jack Marslinder. You can find out more about our church at abcaz.net and you can find Pastor Jack's sermons on most podcast apps. Thank you for listening and may God bless you.